Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figure outable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you are in a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, where you're waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor students to think and reason like mathematicians. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but when we just have students rotely repeat steps, that keeps them from being the mathematicians they can be. All right, Kim. We have a quote from a listener. So mm-hmm. Stacy Stoker sent us a message and she said, I would love an episode about why keywords aren't a good idea. Several teachers in my school have started making bulletin boards with keywords for each operations. They're cute, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we also had a message from Autumn Wallace who said, or how about a whole episode on keywords? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So... Let's check. Uh, let's 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 dive in, Kim. Let's yeah. talk about keywords. It's yeah. funny because those actually go together really well, right? Like keywords yeah. always end up on a cute bulletin board with color and picture and all the things. Um, we actually also had um, a journey member ask something related as well, mm-hmm. um, and she had a table where she had synthesized some information and some understanding uh, to share with her with her teachers. And we do call the syn- synthesis of information an anchor chart. So can we start there? Let's talk about what anchor charts are, uh, how we advocate for them, and and then this keyword bulletin board idea. Yeah. So I'd like to start by talking about something that you really helped me think about where, or maybe we thought about together, where we talk about the difference between just in time yeah. versus just in case. Yes. Mm-hmm. So to be clear, the way I was taught was just in case. My teachers did things like they said, hey, we're about to start this new unit. Here is the vocabulary that you need just in case you're going to need it in this unit. We're going to do it right now. So just in- Yeah. It's it's the geometry. (laughs) It's the geometry unit like workbook, right? Draw the picture (laughs) in the box at the top, write the definition, give three examples. Yep. Yep. And you do that at the very beginning. Yep. So that then we can, uh, at least we, 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 um, 
I want to say pretend, but that sounds kind of rude. We assume. We assume that then students, ah, now that you have written the definition, you've drawn the picture, now you can use it in the rest of this unit. So we have to start with that vocabulary so now students can use it as we go. We call that just-in-case vocabulary. We prefer just-in-time. That means that we provide students with experiences so that they want to use certain words. They, they, mm-hmm. They're trying to describe their thinking. They're trying to describe what's happening. And as they're like, you know, you know, the thing, the, th- mm-hmm. the number on top, they're like, oh, we call that the numerator. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of another example uh, where kids are like, you know, when the line is more, is, is more, and I'm like, is it like steeper? And they're like, yeah, steeper because the yeah. rate was, you know, it was like they were going faster. Oh, uh, yeah. so when the rate is higher, when the rate is, is faster than the line is steeper. And so we, we, as they are grasping mm-hmm. to describe what's happening in their head, what's happening in the problem, what's happening in the situation, then just in time, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, we call that horizontal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's the denominator. Yeah, uh, I that's actually a ratio. Think that, I, I think that you uh, actually shared just in time, just in case with me, or at least there's words about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to add in that we've recently you talked about social um, knowledge versus logical, and and so vocabulary is a big social knowledge, right? Mm, it's one that yes. we have to tell kids, and so it's this is not this like big, let me stop what I'm doing, have this huge lesson on vocabulary. It's very much like you say, when a kid's grappling and like, well, I'm not really sure what to say. You're like, oh, that's the thing. And you it just casually use the word appropriately when it comes up like, oh yeah, we just call that this. Yeah. And let me dive into that a little bit. So uh, as you are developing a logical kind of knowledge, as uh-huh. kids are experiencing, they're gaining connections, they're making um, mental uh, neural connections in their head, as they're really grappling with that logical knowledge, then you can, the, handing them the social tag, the social part of it and saying, oh yeah, we call that blank. That's totally appropriate. And that is the right time for it because now they have this need. They're, they're, they're really grappling with this logical kind of knowledge. And so now when you hand them that social tag, then they can just like, oh yeah, okay. You call it that? Okay, great. And then they can, they can move on. So that's, that also might help out, parse out the difference between logical knowledge and social knowledge convention. Convention, it's okay to just tell them, but don't tell them ahead of time. If you right. tell students ahead of time that just in case kind of idea, they don't have anything to hang it on. So yeah. now it, it becomes a bunch of rote memory um, that isn't isn't as usable. It isn't as helpful. And 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 kids who don't memorize well, it's not helpful at all. It's more efficacious. It's more useful. It's it's it will work better. Uh, we believe if we do a lot of this stuff just in in time, not just in case. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think. <laughs> I think we've, I think as we sometimes do, we've, we've kind of gone off like a little bit off to the side of vocabulary, which is fantastic. I appreciate all that conversation, but let's get back to the anchor charts and keywords. Well, so, I mean, so, key, keywords are vocabulary, which is kind of why well, I went there. Yes. But I think maybe what Autumn's talking about is the keywords like for operations. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell, let, let's talk about anchor charts for just a second. Ah. Um, anchor charts, what we mean versus maybe what some other people mean. I'm going to talk about those for a second. We have a whole episode on anchor charts. Uh, and sometimes we get asked, like, what goes on anchor chart? How do you make the anchor chart? Why don't you make anchor charts? Oh, yeah. People on- totally ask why we don't sell anchor yeah, charts. Yeah, like we yeah. have a, on the Mathis Figueroa website, there's a, a shirts and charts and things like that. And people have asked, can you make us a poster of the major strategies? And that's a hard no. 
Yeah, we have said uh, that that's a hard no. Like we're not going to take, in fact, um, in some of my books, we have sample anchor charts and they're like, hey, if you'll just, you know, make these mm-hmm. in full color and everything then we'll totally buy them and we'll put those major strategies up on the wall. So we don't advocate those pre-made fancy anchor charts right. um, for a couple of reasons. But probably the biggest reason, or at least the biggest one in my head right now, we want to create them together yep. because in the creation, learning occurs. Yeah. So it's not about buying a pre-made one, sticking it on the wall. That's like saying I can unzip your head and pour in the knowledge. We want to actually help kids understand the thing better by creating the anchor chart together. Um, That helps in the sense making and everything. So Kim, that thing that you helped me understand where you said, Pam, Pam, can you agree that we can all do more than we can say, we can say more than we can represent. And so I, I, that do say represent, I kind of took that and said, yeah. And that also is a way of thinking about learning in that we can do stuff with kids, give them a problem we're thinking about. They're thinking about it. They're grappling. And then we can pull out words. We can help elicit their thinking. And yeah. if you can see my hand right now, I'm like grabbing. I'm like, like pulling toward. Can we help kids put words to their thinking? Uh, we know that that's going to be like that kind of that halting and they're going to be reaching for words and it's kind of difficult for them to put words to their thinking that that's true for all of us. But as they do that, as they begin to put words to their thinking and we help make sense of it and we have students revoice what someone else said and we have students um, talk to each other. Does everybody understand that? Can, can somebody ask them a question? Can you restate what that what student said? All of that is towards students grappling and putting words to and making sense of those big ideas. And then now that we have verbal words to it, then we want to represent what's happening. So it's the do first, the, the, the mess around in your heads, then the say, pull and elicit words out of kids. And then let's represent that on an anchor chart. Mm-hmm. So the anchor chart is the last part of that sequence of helping kids learn. And as Mm -hmm. we create that anchor chart, we're asking kids, what kind of words do you want to put up here? We've just had a whole discussion about this. What are words that that are put on a (laughs) bold? I'm making words up here. If we're going to make an anchor chart, we're not going to put that whole whole discussion. We're not going to put the whole paragraph or the whole essay up here. So now let's synthesize that. We have to actually break it down a little bit. Um, uh, What, uh, what's the word that means small and eyes. We want to make it more brief. We want to, Help me, Kim. (laughs) Summarize, synthesize. Summarize, summarize. There's a good word. We want to summarize. What are the, what are the, well, what are the key words that we could put on the anchor chart? Oh, check it out. Here's your, here's our conversation about keywords (laughs) and anchor charts coming together. But notice it's keywords that we're pulling out of students. Now, it's not all, to be clear, it's not all fluffy from kids. It's not all just whatever they say. No, no, we are carefully crafting the conversation. Right. We are suggesting the social terms as they're having the conversation. Yeah. We're helping craft and direct. And um, in fact, uh, Kim, you're a master at it. I remember one day I was like, I, you and I were having a conversation. You said, you know, Pam, I think, I think teachers might find it interesting that they might think that every time I do this, there's a different outcome. This uh, this problem string, this rich task, this activity with kids. Mm-hmm. Every time I do this thing, it feels so organic to participants in workshops and kids in the classroom that they might think that it you know every time it really depends on what the kids say and it's it's totally you know if you teach 
three different sections of fifth grade math that it, it's a completely different conversation because it's completely different kids and they come from yeah. different backgrounds and all that. When actually, when actually it's the same math. Right. It was interesting that conversation that day. You're like, you know, Pam, teachers might be interested to know it really ends up that we have about the same anchor chart coming mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. all three sections mm-hmm. enough that when we, and we suggested this in the, in the episode on anchor charts, but I'll say it again, when you're creating an anchor chart with students, and again, you first do the thing and then you pull the language out of them and now you're summarizing it and you're, you're putting those keywords on an anchor chart that when you do that with kids at uh, first period, you might say, um, okay, you know, here, let's put it up on the whiteboard and we'll kind of, okay, yeah. And I'll put it on chart paper later, second period. Hey, uh, let's put it on the whiteboard and I'll put it on chart paper later, third, fourth, fifth, however many periods you have that last period, you're like, Hey, let's put this on chart paper. So, so that the kids the next day, it's not going to look dramatically different enough. And they know that you're transferring it and they know you have different periods, but the conversation is going to be similar enough because you know, the math, right? Know your content, know your kids, you know, the content enough that as you create that anchor chart, it's going to be similar enough to the other periods that when you finally put it on chart paper, it's going to look enough like the ones that the kids developed all through the day yeah. uh, that, that it, it won't be this big. It won't be, won't be different. Well, and it might be that it's not the exact problem that they chose in second period to be represented on the poster, but the big idea is there. And, and when you teach in the way that we're suggesting, it's less about the individual problem and it's more about the big idea. And so when they look at the poster that they've helped create, the big ideas are still there. And they should recognize those big ideas because those were the big ideas they were developing as they were developing that anchor chart. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So part of the anchor chart idea is that you're synthesizing uh, learning from the students, right? Back to this keyword thing. There are keywords. It's the students' keywords, key ideas, key learnings, not mine. So I'm a big fan of starting the year and my room's kind of blank. I mean, I imagine yours might've been too, because throughout the year, as we're working and growing and learning together, that's when things go up on the walls. So I imagine that some of my students' parents, when they would first come in would be like, oh, wow, she's not cutesy at all. There's nothing on the walls. But, <laughs> but I would share with them that as the year goes on, we're doing things together that that is the anchoring. That's like, I want their work on the walls. So it, it's, it's less about my keywords or my understandings that I want to share with you. And we do, we do see that pretty often you know, that, that teachers want to share or leaders want to share uh, important pieces of information by just putting it out there. We're suggesting something quite different. Yeah. And let me clarify when you said it's the students keywords, not my keywords, that doesn't mean that it is student cavemen like strategies right, or, right. or uh, it, because, because all through the, dis- the discussion and the um, creating the anchor chart, you're dropping those social words. You're dropping those keywords as kids are grappling with the relationships. You're, you're supplying, oh yeah, we call that horizontal or, or yeah, that we call that slope or um, uh, that's multiplication or, oh, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're saying every time you added a bit too much, like you, you went over. Um, yeah. Like, so if you double one and you have the other, you get this, I'm just trying to mention a bunch of examples here. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, when you divide, you can think about division two ways. It seems like mm-hmm. you guys are talking about division in two. And one of them is, is all about like the number in the group. That's okay. All right. And the other one is kind of the size of the group and you walk away. Like you're, again, I'm not, I'm not handing that out at first. I'm helping kids as they are grappling with words. I'm saying back to them, are their ideas 
but in kind of the precise mathematical language. So I'm dropping that precise mathematical language as they're grappling with making more precise mathematical language. Yeah. So by the time we get to the anchor charts, the keywords are not the random haphazard young kid words. They're the words that we need, that we want, because you've been sort of peppering them throughout the conversation. Did I say that well? Yeah, I think so. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, yeah. So quite a different thing to co-create anchor right. charts together. Right. Let's focus a little bit more on not just the creating of the anchor chart part of it. Cause that's not quite all of this conversation, right? We started right. out with right. the keyword thing. Let's go a little yeah. back to the keywords. Yeah. Um, I, you might find interesting that when I knew we were going to do some conversation about keywords, I just did a quick uh, Google keyword poster when we got this question or the comment. Uh, so I just, if you, if you Google keyword posters, you will probably be maybe a little surprised. Well, maybe not surprised, but the things you'll see, Pamela, <laughs> we were surprised. did you know, did you know that, well, first of all, the problem with keywords is that people hang their hats on these words and want kids to like circle the keyword and say, when you see this word, that means this particular operation. And that's just not true. Some words can, can indicate some operations in some problems and different operations in different problems. So absolutely. In all, when I when I looked at these posters, uh, the phrase in all is often on all four operations posters. So how's that even help them to be on the poster, right? Like, so a kid <laughs> sees in all and they're like, oh, I still have to guess. Um, per, the, the word per is only found apparently on division posters. Oh, oh. Um, the, the phrase are not uh, is subtraction. I don't are know not. if you knew that. Are not. Mm-hmm. That was on a poster saying, uh-huh. if you see are not, think subtraction. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And listen, when I was like <laughs> looking at these pictures, I'm, I'm blown away by this because, you know, I never really did anything with keywords. And I would have students come up kind of through the grade levels asking me about them. And I just, you know, not so much. But 15 words per operation sometimes. Wow. So memorize these 15 words instead of understanding what the operation really means. Well, and so we could we can choose to spend our class time rote mm-hmm. memorizing mm-hmm. social things, or or we can choose to spend our class time building kids' brains. Mm-hmm. And and when I say that, I, I don't say that in a shaming finger wagging way. Yeah. I, I, we were all taught that way, so mm-hmm. it is quite a shift to think about it a different way. But let's 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 attempt. Let's at least give it our. You can only do better when you know better. But when you know better. So let's consider, like, what does it look like to not rote memorize 15 words per operation? Yeah. Okay, when you see these words, make sure you do this thing. Instead, what would it be like to do to, to actually build kids' brains? Yeah. Um, and and I don't know that we've mentioned this yet, but what if there's a subtraction problem and I actually want to think about it um, as a missing add-in? Mm. So then what do I do? Or if it's a division problem as a missing factor. So we want the numbers to drive us, uh, not some keywords. Let me tell you one more thing. Uh, mm-hmm. cliff notes. Do you know cliff notes? I mean, like I, you don't want to read a, a book and get the cliff notes versions, like a summary of, yep, yep. of the book. Yeah. <laughs> High school students might love that. Anyway, what cliff notes says is you need to be able to translate words into mathematical symbols, focusing on keywords that indicate the mathematical procedures required to solve the problem. Focusing so on keywords that tell you the procedures required to solve that problem. So you're saying you you like Cliff? There's a book out there, Cliff Notes, that said that this is why That's, we do keywords. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So keywords are so important because we're going to 
translate them those the, the words. Key, they they say that the keywords indicate the mathematical procedures required. Ah. And so Rough. we don't do that. We right. don't do mathematical procedures. I mean, at least we don't we don't yeah. We don't suggest that there are there is a procedure required to do this problem. Rather, we would like to reason through that problem using the mathematics um, inherent in it. So yeah. no cliff notes, we reject you. <laughs> <laughs> so Kim, um, when I was just at Camped, uh, yeah. the Texas conference, I heard Dan Meyer speak. Um, I've always liked Dan Meyer. I think he uh, very nicely identifies some things that um, many of us should be thinking about in math yep. education. And it was interesting to me, um, his talk was kind of, um, I'm not going to do it justice, but he was talking about, uh, I, th I think the title was Use Your Technology, Don't Let It Use You, something like that, mm -hmm. Use Your Tech. Mm -hmm. And he noted that um, technology uh, has gotten to the point where um, you can, you can, as a tutor, it's trying to teach you. Mm -hmm. And so you're teaching and it asks you a question and you, you input your answer. And one of the things he noted is that the technology, um, it has a nicer answer than it used to. So it used to just like go, eh, or, you know, like yeah. a big red X or wrong or something. And he, he, he showed several screens where uh, some of the, uh, programs out there now or apps out there now will say things like not quite try again <laughs> but but mm -hmm. noticed he noted that that's the only so it's pleasanter you know it's like oh not quite you know not quite not quite <laughs> it's so helpful it's, it's not like absolutely wrong sucker you know it yeah. wasn't that it, yeah. but it was not quite try again so it was pleasant but what it didn't do and i just thought this was very nicely identified on his part what it doesn't do is acknowledge that kids' wrong ideas are worth ferreting out. They're yeah. worth discussing. It's worth building on the parts of their intuition that they got right. Oh yeah, so good. So this part, this point that technology always has the same feedback, that that's super limiting, super yeah. limited, limiting and limited. Yeah. And, it, and, and that teachers, one of the things that we can do best is as we are pulling out kids' ideas, and we're talking a lot today about pulling out what they're thinking and then and helping uh, and, and dropping some of those social terms so that they can use those to, to tag to those big ideas that they're really wrestling with. And as we then summarize those, that, that, that actually helps learning occur because they are clarifying their own ideas as they have to put words to it that all of that is involved as teachers respond to students thinking right, right, right. In, not in ways that they're just like, not quite try again. Yeah. So it's yeah. not about teachers listening to kids going, not quite try again. Like AI can do that. What we are advocating is that we're really helping uh, give good feedback to students. Yeah. Well, because two different wrong answers from different students reveal completely different things. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's important, right? Like right. we want to, we want to know where, know your content, know your kids. We, right. we know what the students um, are. It, it reveals sort of what they're thinking so we can build on that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. So today we're going to say that keywords, not so helpful, but key ideas that we put into words. Absolutely. Yes. And we can take those key ideas, putting them into words, on helpful co-created anchor charts. Yep. Bam! All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figureoutable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. 
Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.